Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Biff Bites podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Me, joined as always by my trusty colleague, Mr. Adam Shear. How you doing, Adam? No, Jerry, I'm feeling good. Um, didn't feel so great earlier this year. Uh, had a, had a string of feverish. I know. Days, so um, <laughs> it's really good to be back uh, working with you and on the podcast. So uh, have some have some fun tax stuff as always. You know, I'm feeling good, and I, I brought some some exciting tax knowledge to the party today. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. New year, new you. Do you got any yeah. uh, got any CFP New Year's resolutions in the works? Um, you know, my my one resolution is uh, possibly something we share. Right. We got the, the Biff Review crew for March 2023 working hard and uh, just want to give them what they need, support them in that journey. Make sure that they're going in there feeling confident, prepared. Uh, I know you've been helping out a whole bunch with with uh, some of our pop up clinics and and managing our community and teaching. So, yeah, thanks. Thanks for all that on your part, too. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Well, yeah. My my New Year's resolution is I want 100 percent pass rate <laughs> cohort. You got three chances out of this year. It's a tall order. <laughs> I know statistics are against me, but, you know, I want that 100 percent pass rate for our cohort. <laughs> this year you know what i'm changing mine i'm with you yeah, you're with that all right all right you yeah. can you can hop on the bandwagon <laughs> <laughs> let's go <laughs> uh but we got a cool topic to talk about today uh kind of well i guess it's not that neat uh niche but uh constructive receipt so you know that's yeah. that's not one that comes up that often you want to kind of just give people a little bit of an overview yeah sure so constructive receipt is a is a core tax concept. And it's something that you have to use in practice a whole lot because people that use the cash method of accounting, which is most taxpayers that you're gonna, gonna encounter out there, right? Most individual taxpayers are using the cash method. And this idea of constructive receipt within the cash method umbrella uh, basically says that you recognize income uh, when it is either actually received or constructively received, right? And, and constructively received means that that income or those funds are accessible without any restriction to the taxpayer. Um, it's what I know it doesn't sound that simple, <laughs> but when you hear some examples, it becomes clear. It just means that yeah. there's no barrier to the taxpayer being able to get those assets. And what happens as a result with the tax return <clears throat> is that if the taxpayer can access the money in their tax year, it's considered income in that year. And um, the reason I brought this up as a podcast idea, Jerry, was because I was working with a, a client of mine on his financial planning stuff, and he's a little disorganized on the tax side, as most small business owners are. Yep. <laughs> and this came up in a really cool way, so I was hoping to share that with yeah, you. Yeah, what happened? So, um, so this client um, had been through years of making late quarterly payments, of racking up tax penalties, um, 
he's a really high earner. He's a software engineer, really, really capable, um, has a has a great gig right now um, where he's he's earning quite a bit of money. And um, and one of our goals was to just get him more organized on the tax side. So there's more more systems in place so that we're able to make the estimated payments in the amount that, that they need to be made. And to do that, we had to run uh, for for his his uh, his Q4 payment for 2022. We had to run some estimated tax projections just about what are you looking like at the end of the tax year? So we figure out how much needs to be paid. Um, we get his income projections. Uh, we get his wife's. His wife is also a high earner. Um, she's W-2, so it's a little more straightforward. And being that this guy is a software engineer, he's really dialed into the crypto space, cryptocurrency space, in a way that yeah. goes completely over my head. And in <laughs> fact, we've talked about how I do not work with you on on any of this stuff because i i don't have the expertise um, um, or the competency to to even give you advice on it so yep. that's kind of off the table it's all on him and he mentions you know one of the questions we ask is all right so you made this amount um any other income that you received and he's like you know what i did receive some income this year for a special project that i worked on and this is where the constructive receipt comes into play because he says I got paid, it, it's going to be a total of $40,000, um, but it's not in U.S. dollars. I'm getting paid incrementally over time for this project in kind of like a time-released Bitcoin payment. So he's getting, wow. from the start of the project, a timer went on, and he's accruing in these micro-fractional shares yep. of Bitcoin, right? And it just so happened that the timer went on at the end of the year. The timer expires in 2023. Okay. And he said, well, I took from this, you know, I, I figured when it got to 20,000, I'd pull the, the Bitcoin out and I'd, I'd store it in one of my wallets and, and I'd do what I want to with it. And we thought it through and, and I was like, you know what? So what was, so you, you took 20,000. 20, okay. That's a good starting point. I was like, when did you take it out? He's like, I took it out some point, you know, mid-December. And where constructive receipt comes into play mm -hmm. is that what where we actually had to end up looking was to 1231 at 1159 to figure out what was available to him to pull out of that account at that point, because that's going to be considered income for 2022, because there was no restriction for him right to take that cryptocurrency out of the account just because uh -huh. he left it in that person's wallet doesn't yeah. mean he couldn't have taken it any time he wanted exactly <laughs> yeah just because exactly. i just because i park my car in your driveway and I, but if i have the key on me doesn't mean i can't just go get my car whenever i want exactly yeah so i thought it was a really cool way that constructive receipt came into play because even though he took twenty thousand out mm -hmm. he actually uh received uh it was you know 27 322 and and 32 you know cents uh when when converted to us dollars for that that yeah. year which did you know it had albeit a small impact on tax pro projections for this this taxpayer but something that needed to be accounted for um 
but this this idea you know comes into into play a lot even even with your regular financial planning firm not cryptocurrency related where yeah if you have a client pay um let's just say we go old school here pays by check for some services mm-hmm. uh, let's say it's for a seminar right um you gave a seminar at a restaurant uh, or a library. They cut the check. It goes into your office on 1230. You don't go to pick up that check from your office until uh, until one, you know, January 3rd of the following year. It's actually considered constructively received in the prior tax year right. because there was no restriction. You could have gone to the office and got yeah. the check. You just chose not to right especially in this day and age with you know digital cash uh check yeah. depositing you know just go to the office snap a picture of it you know now boom, it's boom. deposited in the account <laughs> exactly yeah so um yeah it's 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 always interesting when you get a new take on one of these things and um you know for as as out there as it is you know like a time release payment i mean i i, I hadn't really heard of that to begin with where mm-hmm. you're getting just like little drip driplets and drops of payment over a period of time yeah um, it, it, that was interesting to begin with but i think when it lined up it was it, it was a nice exercise in in how that constructive receipt concept works and what needed to be done to get the right tax numbers in place to then in turn help the client get the estimated payment in on time and not have to pay penalties and uh and contribute to his sep ira and all the other, you know, all the other planning stuff that comes from that. So, uh, yeah, just wanted to share that with with you, you and the crew. Yeah, that's a, that's a good story. I I also have always heard too, constructor receipt uh, being a tool that can you know help uh, businesses, especially when you're kind of dealing with kind of like uh, you know deadbeat clients. You know, mm-hmm. you do a, you do a job for a client, say in like June, and you're on them to pay, you're on them to pay you, and they don't pay you until January. You know, just because you did the job in June doesn't mean you're actually going to have to report that income because the client doesn't actually pay you until the following year. You know, you don't you don't have constructive receipt of anything until they actually pay you. Yeah. And and, and that brings up too. that's a really good example. Um, Maybe that business would benefit more by going to accrual method. Yeah. Because with accrual method, you do that work in June. It gets booked once everything has been done, you've earned that money. doesn't matter when it's actually paid or you receive it. That goes on your records as earned then. And I think it leads to more even cash flows in the business throughout the years on the books. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas when you're waiting on the deadbeat client, um, that you, you're right. You could be getting that two years removed. <laughs> right? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows when you'll actually have that money? Um Another example that I, I use often too is my wife's uh, therapy practice, where she does all of her stuff. She she books her client, she sees her client, she takes notes on her client, and at that point in time, if she were on the accrual method, she would book that revenue. But right. what happens is it has to go off to the insurance companies, and the insurance companies. Um, I don't know. You might say that they're the deadbeat client. <laughs> yeah. The real deadbeat client was the insurance company all along. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, so because she's cash method, she has to wait till the check is cut from the insurance company. 
She gets it from her mailbox, uses her phone to deposit it, and then and then that's you know money earned in that year. Gotcha. Um, now the other spot that I always hear about constructive receipt, um, as far as CFP content goes, is mm-hmm. in things like trusts. You know, constructive receipt seems to be really important in in that regard. Do we want mm-hmm. to touch on that a little bit, as far as you know, receiving income from trusts and and what actually counts or not? Yeah, well, I I think it would have to be. It all comes back with trusts to the trust document and and how that's set up and whatever powers are available to the uh, the trustee. But th- that's a good a good example too because the income from the trust <clears throat> it's going to be kicked out based on how the, the trust is set up. Mm-hmm. But it's it's really when you you get income from the trust that's when it's recognized. So there could be. You can have a trust corpus of, of $20 million. It's not, you know, and let's say it's split between five beneficiaries. It's not as if you need to recognize that $4 million each uh, yeah. when you were listed as beneficiary. When you do need to recognize it is when the trust kicks out the income earned to you. And then you're in, in turn, that's, that's ordinary income that you receive in that year that goes on, you know, your tax and is taxed at your tax rate. So it really comes down to when that's received. Now, another another thing that trustees can do is if there's provisions in the trust, uh, they're called sprinkle or spray provisions, the trustee can go in when they see, see it's fit and they can pull from the trust and, and send income to the, the beneficiary as well. So that would be constructively received when they receive it. I always ran would run into constructive receipt for kind of estate planning as well. You know, trustees putting, uh, you know, assets into a trust in order to lower their, uh, you know, potential estate mm-hmm. taxes, but then making the mistake of, you know, not giving constructive receipt to the beneficiaries. And so because of that, because they never actually gave the beneficiaries constructive receipt, they don't, they're not actually removing these assets from their estate. You know, the IRS is still going to include those assets in their estate because it's like, Hey, Adam, you can borrow my car, uh, but you can only use it on days that don't. Yeah, that, that's, um, you know, that's a no, no, because if we were to put some, some, you know, estate planning terms on that, that sounds to me like there's still some incidents of ownership, right? Where it's kind of yep. like, uh, right. Um, you know, when you're a little kid, people say no backsies. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, the, 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 the grantor, the person that created the trust would then have, you know, I want backsies. I want I want that to come back to me. That's um, another estate term called revisionary interest, right? Reversionary interest. So that that interest in the trust could come back to the grantor. And that messes things up because when you have a situation like that, uh, you're right, Jerry, that is is then going to get pulled into the uh likely to get pulled into the gross estate if that person were to pass away and it kind of blows up the whole idea of trying to remove remove that asset or the property from their estate which is what trusts you know one of the big pluses about trusts is that they can do that they can help those big estates to protect some assets from appreciation and it lowers the tax bill and the beneficiaries get that passed along and everybody's happy. 
Um, yeah. So it, it's just a, a big web of mess. If you don't have your, you know, constructive receipt and your visionary interest in line, you know, like you said, no, no taxi backsies, yes. you know, if you're going to give it to someone, give it to them so they have constructive receipt of it and they can, they can take it. 100%. Yeah. You, you want that to be, uh, a completed gift right into a trust. So you're giving up control. And one of the trade-offs you get though, is by giving up control, you would put your your assets and property into an irrevocable trust, where if you were ever to try to change the terms of the trust, you know there, there's a very narrow path to get there. It's going to involve um, things that are out of your control. The trustee is going to have to go to the beneficiaries and get them to sign on and say, "Yeah, we can we can agree to that." Um, so mm. so that that asset. When you go into an irrevocable trust, it's out of your control. But what you you get in terms of the benefit is you get protection of those assets. You get professional management of those assets according to the trust document. Um, you, with the irrevocable trust, that's where you can you can lock in the property's value at at the time you gift it and use some of your gifting strategies um, and gifting benefits because it's a completed gift. And the appreciation often in trusts like that is going to be something that's not carried into the gross estate. So it's, uh, you know, again, it's a, when you set these things up, it's beneficial and it does what it's supposed to do. And uh, important for our CFP audience, it's not the type of stuff that you are, you and I are doing unless you're carrying your JD, <laughs> you know, you're not building these yeah. things. Um, <laughs> But like we say, Jerry, always is that we want you to be at the table and we want you to be able to have the awareness to see when a client could benefit from something like this and make the call to the estate planning attorneys and say, hey, is this something that would work here? How would we structure it? Um, what's the benefit to the the client? And you get your team of experts involved. Yeah, exactly. You know, the job of the CFP is to kind of be the the hub of the wheel. You know, all the, all the spokes coming off, you got to be the one to direct your client to tell them, you know, what spoke they need to go down in order to kind of get the the best results. Yeah, they're absolutely. Um, yeah. So I, I think that, you know, for, for our CFP audience that's out there, uh, both the practicing professionals and uh, the candidates. Yeah. Constructive receipt is, is key because you have so many clients with cash method um, for the CFP candidates. These accounting methods are, are really important to know. You need to know the how and the why, you know, what's the planning benefit of going one way or the other? Um, when is it required to, right? We tell our, our candidates all the time and students that accrual method, you want to tie that to inventory. So if your business is carrying inventory, you're likely not going to go the cash method route. You're going to go accrual method. And there's also um, a gross receipts test, which basically says you have the choice in most cases between going cash or accrual method um, up to a certain point. And uh, for this tax year, that's up to, uh, I want to say, is it $29 million? It just recently inflated in 2023. Our audience will have to fact check that. Um, it goes up, it goes up <laughs> a little bit. So if your, your gross receipts were over that, you'd have to go accrual method. If they're below that, um, then you have the option between cash method and accrual method. And um, constructive receipt, it it applies to the cash method. Um, so with accrual method, you do the work, 
you've you've done what you need to do, you've earned that money according to the terms, that goes on the books. Uh, cash method, when you get access to those funds, no restrictions, you uh, you can access that. What we might want to do is follow this one up with a talk with Mike about how constructive receipt works with uh, some non-qualified deferred comp stuff like rabbi truck. Yeah. Good talk. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Well, good stuff, Adam. I hope our listeners learned a lot about constructive receipt. Uh, it's a pretty straightforward uh, concept, but it is something you should uh, just, you know, be aware of and work with a little bit so you can uh, understand how it works and why Absolutely. it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Good talking about this today, Jerry. Thanks for the time. And, uh, yeah, let's let's go for it. Hundred percent pass rate. Biff review. Twenty twenty three. Let's do it. <laughs> awesome. Well, that is it for this episode of the Biff Bites. Make sure you check out all our past episodes at biffbites.com. We're also on YouTube, Spotify, Apple iTunes, all the places you get your podcasts. Uh, until next time, I hope you all have a great study session. Take care, everybody.